The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Hello everyone, welcome to Walk the Mile. It's good to have you back again. Today, I'm with uh, a man called Rob Caslick. How are you, Rob? Good, Gary. How are you? <laughs> no, thanks for having me on your podcast. That's all right. It's good to have you here. Now, I've known Rob for a number of years now, and I've watched his, his rise. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very special person in the area. He, uh, I'll, I'll let him tell his story, but I first met Rob about, would have been about six years ago, I think. Yeah, probably about that. Yeah, and you were, you were, what were you doing at that time? That would have been, I, I think it would have been St. Canis's, right? So I set yeah. up a soup kitchen on the Wednesday night of the St. Canis's, um soup kitchen at the kitchen there, just um, uh, down around Bayswater Road, yep. around the back there. So I'd set that up, yeah. And you set up, what were you, What did you set up? Well, the whole, I mean, the, the, it was a soup kitchen, So base, but it, the, the premise of the kitchen for us was it was an organic soup kitchen and, and not to be fancy or... Or anything like that, but the whole um, the original idea came about because we had a barbecue up at Rough Edges, um, and then we noticed a lot of people that were coming to the barbie on um, heavy recreational drugs or medicinal drugs. So mm-hmm. the kind of the simple harebrained idea was let's just serve food that's as clean as possible, and that was all. That was simply all it was. And so I work with a, a one of those food boxes place that got the veggies from the farms, and then yeah. an organic butcher. Wow. Um, and then set up a, yeah, did a soup kitchen. We were funding it ourselves and, you know, pass the hat around every now and then to get it going. Great. Um, but that's all it was. It was just, a, yeah, organic. But then what we actually, what we realized was when you serve a meal that you would eat yourself, you in fact share food and not serve. And often we would sit down and all have a meal eat together, with eat, eat with the people. Idea. And it was just a really, it wasn't about feeding people. It was about building community and sharing respect and dignity and trust. And I always remember... And what kept me going, because I was an engineer and like everyone, be, busy being busy, doing our own thing. And, and often on a Wednesday night, I'm like, oh, I just don't have you know, bloody time to do this. Yeah. And so on, um, there was this one guy who was sleeping at the, the Rush Cutters tennis courts um, named Steve. And he said, Rob, I was having dinner with Steve one night. And he said, oh, Rob, do you know what I love about this place? And I said, no, Steve, what do you like? And he said, for one hour each week, I don't feel homeless. And for me, that was kind of wow. the essence of you know, what we were yeah, trying to create. Yeah. It was just kind of beautiful to be to be a part That's of. That's great. What yeah. sort of drove you to that, to doing that? Like any, like, you know, you're an engineer, you've got your job, as you say, you're getting tired at the end of a Wednesday night. But what, what's inspired I, yeah, you to do I, that? No, no, get that asked question a bit. I mean, I, I just love, I mean, A, I just absolutely love it. And I kind of, when I'm doing it, I just kind of feel amazing. So I get a lot out of it. The, the, maybe the story is my grandmother did take me to a supervision when I was, um, uh, in year 12 uh, and I kind of I saw what was possible I didn't really know much about the space then so right. I saw that and I kind of thought that would be really cool and and then I've always kind of done some volunteering at uni and, and the like 
Um, but it was just something, yeah, mates and I just wheeled a barbecue up and put on a free barbie every Wednesday night and it was just fun. We just had a ball doing it and it just kind of like, okay, I like this, let's do a bit more and chip away mm-hmm. and, and I got a bit of the bug and I was doing other things and um, yeah, and it just kind of just to build from, from that very, you know, first barbecue. Yeah. And so you got to know people around King's Cross. Is that, and how did you choose that area in particular? Is it? Well, just I live close. I, right. I, I lived um, in Rush Cutters at the right. time. Um, so I kind of had a, um, and, I, and I really liked also what the Jesuits were doing um, at St. Canis's. Um, and so like this is, and, and the soup kitchen itself, the concept of having this um, space already there. Yeah. And so it just kind of fit with what we were trying to do. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, man, I, I, like, I'd, I'd walk out on a high every, yeah, every Wednesday great, night, just sort of spring on my step and, you know, ready to face the next day. You know, that was my little happy pill each week, I used to say. It was, yeah, it was just it was so good. Yeah. And did you find that there's something about, those people, I guess, you know, thinking about my work in the area too, they haven't got much to lose, have they? And so the, the connections that you have are pretty raw in a lot of ways, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, you, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, you, What I used to also like is bringing other people in and kind of sit, sitting back and, and letting them do everything and kind mm. of letting them experience and talk about you know, some of the responses that they saw and, and why might they, why might that actually have happened? Uh, and so I really enjoyed that um, opportunity of bringing other people into the fold. And I, you yeah. know, the whole thing about the more you know, learn about each other, the less you can be judgmental. And I think that for me, that was a really beautiful, you know, side effect of actually doing it, but to be able to share that experience with my friends and anyone, you know, anyone I could rope in to do it. And, and then, yeah, to kind of grow that, um, kind of empathy within the community as well. Often I know that people would do this for the first time and then, you know, go and do something else. That's, yeah. you know, cause they yeah, also get that inspired. kind of, uh, yeah, just yeah. inspiration. So just to kind of be at, um, you know, be there and be be present with that. It was just yeah, yeah. addictive, I found it anyway. Yeah, and it's great, isn't it? I mean, I find that that's what we try to do with our students, I guess, and give them the opportunity to take food out and just hand out food and talk to people. Mm. create those connections you're talking about and for some people I remember Tim Costello used to talk about it being the light bulb moment when something just clicks yeah every time I take the kids out they always say I really enjoyed that oh, yeah. this is good I want to do this again yeah but to actually name it sometimes is quite difficult isn't yeah, it? Well, to yeah explain I agree what it is yeah yeah I agree it's just that something you know for me personally something in the heart it was just kind of like a little spark and I mm. just it provided so much warmth and and yeah I yeah I, I'd often complain oh I'm gonna go do that again but actually yeah and, and it was really my kind of little little space that I, you know I would go to every Wednesday night and just yeah. kind of be full again be full again really. that's great yeah and so from there so uh, you you were inspired to do other things what were some of those other things that you and how did those uh, other things come about well I mean you know um, the idea um, this is being made too good right so the, yeah. uh, so the idea for too good so we were doing about 50 covers or 50 um, meals a week on a Wednesday night St Canis is about a thousand a week they they would do that at that time and so the idea that we had was how do we take it from a 50 um, cover ahead to a thousand without having to fund it ourselves so we'd like I was you know um, trying to come up with ways of, of creating a business essentially that we could then turn the whole of St. Canis's into this really beautiful place where we're sharing a thousand meals um, each week. And that was the kind of original idea. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I also love collaboration and, and as an engineer, um, you love working in teams and, and kind of collaborating with kind of the best in the business. And one of the great things about 
the social work is you really get access to anyone. It's pretty not many people say no to yeah. to what we're doing, and so. In fact, I, at the time, there was a, a, an amazing ad agency down the road here called Droga5, um, and I kind of pitched to them, and they said, yeah, we're in, and they, and they come up with a name too good. Our, one of our volunteers, her dad, is Greg Doyle, and he had a, a, a quite a, um, we had a number one restaurant, I think, in, in Australia at the time, at the pier down at Rose Bay, right. uh, and then he created these meals for us. And so the original idea was if, we, if I was to to you know, eventually be able to sell a thousand meals, I could then create use the profit to that meal sold to to make a thousand meals. It's a kind of isn't this whole you know um, uh, place into this really beautiful organic meals where mm. you know where this is important about environment it is about community. Uh, yeah, so we like we had this cracking idea. The name too called you know buy one give one. My um, fancy um, fancy chef designed the meals. They were really beautiful. We, there were soups we had because it was in winter. And then we use these glass jars. And again, not to be fancy, or perhaps it was trying to be a little bit fancy, but <laughs> it was about like no waste or kind of we, we, we order a soup and we um, give you in a jar and then we pick the jar up to kind of reduce waste. And then um, my mate and I who actually set it up with me kind of worked all weekend beforehand trying to, trying to you know, this is gonna be big. And we launched to our friends and family or friends and kind of colleagues at, um, at work and it bombed we kind of sold our goal was 300 in that first week um, we sold six I thought what the, what am I going to do with six <laughs> jars of soup and so I went up to one of the women's shelters in King's Cross knocked on the door um, said hi my name's Rob you know uh, these t- meals are designed by Greg Doyle and the, I remember the, the manager looking at me looking at these six jars of soup thinking what who's this weirdo <laughs> but fortunately she took them and then the rest is history. Like two weeks later, another women's shelter said, "Hey, we want some of those oh, soups." Okay. And then, when the third one kind of said, um, "We want some," you know, we want some soups. So I thought, well, actually, what's going on here? And then I went on to LinkedIn, uh, found this lady who was a domestic violence consultant because, you know, although DV um, affects one in four, uh, to my knowledge, none of my family had experienced domestic violence, and so I didn't know much about what was going on. I, I met with Lisa, sat down with her, gave her my two good story. She gave me some really interesting tips, but what was really cool, the next day she wrote me a letter, and I didn't realize at the time that she'd actually gone to, um, fled uh, about seven years of domestic violence herself and ended up in a women's shelter in North Sydney. And when she got there, in the middle of the night, she was with a ki- uh, with her two children. Middle of the night, she was given a toiletry set. But for her, it wasn't the fact that she was given toiletries. It was the fact that someone had gone to the effort of wrapping this set in cellophane mm. and tying this bow and that someone had gone to the effort of neatening the ends of that bow, that simple kind of gesture, yeah. demonstrated to her that she was worthy of love and respect. Yeah, yeah, and she said, yeah. when people think about domestic violence, they rarely think about what was missing in that relationship, yeah. that love and the affection and the yeah. care. And in creating this really beautiful meal that's packaged really nice, kind of sent a message to that person that actually I am worth There's something really great. Yeah. And I think on getting that letter from Lisa, we decided to, well, we'll keep the soup kitchen going because we love it, but why don't we focus on women in women's services and I think that was kind of like that was the, the genesis for really what Too Good is today and, and around um, working with women in, in women's shelters. And so how does Too Good work today? What's what's the yes. you started with the model but I'm guessing it's not the same. Yeah it's not the same oh, mate, we've gone through, we've made many mistakes and gone yeah so the the model now as it you know has evolved we still donate about 700 meals to women's shelters across New South Wales every week um, and then, uh, we, but we our impact is really in the employment. So after we started to sell a few more than six, we thought actually we need a bit of a hand here. And we thought, well, how do we have more social impact? And I think 
that was through the employment. So we offered um, a couple of the women uh, work from one of the women's shelters to say, look, you know, come and work in the kitchen. Uh, and then the impact that we kind of saw that that actually had on that person when they started to earn some money and mm, also right. believe in themselves. And then that would actually, that's one of where our impact really is the greatest. We still donate all the meals, but uh, this year we will graduate 38 women through the program. So our program is a six month program. So the women make all of the meals that we donate, the meals that we sell, the corporate catering, all mm-hmm. the kind of um, boardroom lunches, all that kind of stuff. They make the, those meals in, in our kitchen. They get paid slightly above award wage while they're working for us for six months. And then we work with them, but towards that end of that six months, but maybe at month four or month five, on getting them a job post too good. So it allows us all to right. turn our, st- our staff yep. over every six months. It's a expensive way to do things, but it's kind of where yeah that's where our impact isn't greatest and that's why we do what we do at Tugel when you kind of see the the transformational impact that you have when you mm. when you start to believe in yourself again and that's yeah. kind of the secret source right it's not yeah. not our, our strap line is we're changing the course of the lives of vulnerable women but yeah. in fact we're not changing anyone's life we're just kind of creating this safe Give space to happen to for that person to believe in themselves sure. again and, and once they do it's it's beautiful that's why I quit my job when you kind of see the the posture change, the kind of the 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 speech change. It's yeah. just it's just incredible to kind of witness and um, and that's really our our impact through the food. Yeah, and then we also have our products. And I think the reason for the products was actually firstly in honor of Lisa, we created our own toiletry sets that um, we donate to women's shelters, but but also to help to contract manufacture to drive revenue into yeah. the the programs. We we um it's a really expensive. Um, program that we have we do have some government contracts we do take some philanthropy but the dream is to fund ourselves through trade and so right. so we don't have to rely on those other streams right. and we're focusing a lot on, on growing our business or the soap sales and all those kind of things to, to drive revenue into the organisation Great and would you say that the women who uh, who come into the program you were saying before you know just becoming more I guess coming back to that stage where they can have more confidence and belief in themselves and feel mm. that worth and dignity again and they've come out of domestic violence situations mm. are these a majority of them sort of unskilled where they're not allowed to yeah, work or quite broad, very yeah. broad so um, you know we've had engineers come through um, but, but often it is that isolation so often that it is the social isolation so they they you know they they have been isolated from community and so they they might not have worked for quite some time mm-hmm. so they certainly have lost those those the belief that they can do it and starting a new job any anywhere is all, all it's quite daunting for for most people it certainly was for me but then starting the, starting a new role and not having the belief in yourself in, in, in general is kind of even more harder so we say we employ high needs. So if someone was to approach us and they're a little bit too articulate or a bit too far down their recovery journey, mm. we, we won't employ them just because we think they can get a job without us. Right. And because our numbers are quite small, yeah. um, we focus on higher needs. So literally, um, you know, you know I um, was interviewing the person, they, they won't even have eye contact with you. That kind of mm. really kind of... Mm. Uh, low self-worth and, and hunched over and, and have those um, kind of a- attributes and, and that's the kind of person that 
um, will see a spark perhaps and, and want to yeah, sure. give them a go. Sure. Which means also that we don't always get it right. So, there's, so the only prerequisite is that you, you want to re-enter the workplace again. And there is no other skills required at all. It's just, yeah, you want to re- re-enter and then we'll give that person a go. And, and we, we're like, we're fairly, um, you know, forgiving and, and there's lots of empathy and mm. uh, within mm. the kitchen. And then, but then with the important thing to be able to, you know, start to be more of a, a commercial employer towards that month four, five, and six, so that we are not setting them up for failure in the next sure. role. So that, yeah. and, and the next role could be here where we are today at yeah. um, Mile Place around the corner from Skeggs. That this is where if someone who's identified on our original program, they want to get into a hospitality role, then they'll come here next and, and be a bit more front facing, whether it's in the yeah, cafe or, or the concierge or the yeah. kitchen. Because that's what you're doing here, isn't it? You're running a cafe. You've started yeah. a cafe here. Yeah. And you've got some of those women yeah, working, working there, here. making the food. Yeah. And you're talking about the concierge. What what happens there? Yeah. So 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 actually, well, it was a really uh, amazing opportunity. So um, we were first asked to do the the cafe, uh, and then we had a look at the building, and we thought, well, actually, why don't we look at the, owning the whole FMB? Because the cafe here is quite small, uh, but the opportunity to to look after the the front desk as well as the the catering kitchen or the big kitchen that serves the building allowed us a few more core staff but then also um we'll, we'll graduate eight women this year but up to we'll go up to 10 10 women at, at capacity um and the concierge was the the concept behind it actually i love um i guess it's you know it's from the engineering days just really thinking about this is an amazing opportunity how do we really lift it or try to create it and make our own and I, I love the QT hotels and their and their way that they've re, um, redone the concierge services and it's not our brand but mm. and I went to meet with the general manager of QT and said look how did you come up with your concierge service and quite Yoda like he said I'll let your values guide you and it, and it was like okay cool so we write down our values <laughs> and there was lots of kind of um, goods there so good deeds and those kind of yeah. things and so we're calling it the good surge and it's basically and what's what personally what's good about it is the one of the great things about our original program at Everly is that the women know that they are donating meals to other women in a similar circumstance to them or perhaps similar circumstance and therefore that's quite empowering for them whereas here um, it's it's mostly service delivery but and and one of the KPIs is the delivery of good deeds and 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 when the people at the front desk are doing good for others, they kind of still feeling like they're empowered. It's an empowering thing as well. And so it's important for us to kind of have that kind of a bit of that in, in this program here as well. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of, as you say, you know, part of your goal is to provide dignity and respect for these people. And yeah. A lot of, as you say, for them to be able to give, yeah. for them to be able to. Yeah, it's really like that. We, we just want to create a, a safe space and, and an encouraging space where people can feel like they. You know, can find themselves again. It can yeah. can 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 empower, yeah. can feel empowered about who they are and yeah. and and what they can achieve. Because, you know, one of the horrible downsides of domestic violence is that kind of gets stripped away. You yeah. get told when and this is what we've heard from this one lady. You know, you get told you're worth it for such a long period of time. You start to believe it. And I think our whole message is, you know, we believe in you. You've got this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and when they start to believe themselves, it's yeah. it's beautiful. What other skills would you be doing in your course? Because obviously they're learning to cook, or they're well, maybe not learning to cook, but you know, learning to cook certain things. Uh, you know, 
other hospitality skills. Uh, so um, in the stage one program at Everly, the original work work, it's literally, we say it's life skills, you know, coming yeah, to right. work. At, you know, the, the simple simple thing as you're on a roster, this is when you start, um, you know, this is how you would sh- how you set yourself up for success in your role. Um, this is how you need to take feedback. Mm. Just some really kind of um, fundamentals um, because when there's, there's still often dealing with many other things, it's yeah. kind of trying to keep it as simple as, simple as that. Absolutely, you're learning how to, um, you know, uh, learning about food and different kind of salads and vegetables and, uh, you know, all the different types of things a kitchen would do, and uh, which is, a gr- you know, great skills in general. But it's more so about those kind of broader life skills around um, employment and, mm. and trying to, because we've often, when we've made mistakes in the past, we, but trying to keep in our lane around, you know, this is what we want to do, this is what we're good at, we're your employer. We're not trying to do any other kind of counselling or any other yeah. kind of looking after yeah. anything else. They're often the women will come with, they'll have their own case managers. And right. so it's very much staying in our lane as an employer. Yeah. Um, and certainly being very accommodating at the start and trying to um, be a bit more strict as a regular employer would yeah. be towards the end. Right. And do you have much to do with people like case managers or yeah, um, often, psychologists or therapists? Uh, often we'll work with them. Um, and, you know, and look, if something was to happen... And the person needed accommodation, or that you know, we would jump in and assist as best we can. And some, some, some of them do start, and they don't have their own case managers, so we might take on a little bit more than we would right. for the others. But it's very much around. We're certainly not the experts in that in those fields, and and looking at we have the connections now to kind of link in someone with, um, you know, with whatever need that might be required. But it was, mm-hmm. um, yeah, an early learning because often. You know, you start these things heart-led, right? And in myself, well, we want to, how do we help you? And, you know, yeah, yeah. and often that's actually the wrong thing. You want to have a really good boundary yeah. so that you're setting both up for success. Yeah. And I think that was one of our early learnings about not trying to dive in and save, you know, save someone. Mm. It's actually about, you know, letting them kind of um, save themselves or, you know, yeah. like own their space and, yeah. and having a bit of a stronger yeah. boundary. Because it is up to the person in the end, isn't it? 100%. Because they're the ones who are going to learn. 100% make those decisions 100% yeah yeah all this that you're talking about comes under the umbrella of social enterprise <laughs> and sometimes when I'm talking to people about social enterprise when I'm talking about this place uh, I said what's social enterprise so how do you how do you understand it like did you before you started this or before you ended up here well let's say you know back in the engineering days did you ever think I want to start up a social enterprise or is it just something that you've Great and think, hey, this is a social enterprise. Yeah, the latter. So literally, <laughs> the business. I just the business for good, right? Because there's actually no, there's no true definite, like no official definition of what a social enterprise is. We there is a body that we get audited by called Social Traders, and they kind of you know they certify our our business to say we're a social enterprise. But in my view, it's just a business that does good, and and you know nowadays more and more businesses could, could probably call themselves a social enterprise just because of the inherent good that they're building in. And mm-hmm. that's coming a lot from the younger people kind of coming in and demanding that of their employers to make sure that they are, you know, are, are strong in the environmental game, that they do have some social programs that they're offering or really trying to um, bring that in from, from the bottom up, actually. And I think right. that we're seeing a big shift in, in organisations that probably could classify themselves as a social enterprise. But my, like, you know, the classification is quite funny. I, I often also say social enterprise, oh, but you know, that, this is what we do. It has a kind of, it's, yeah. you know, it's a business that does good. I yeah. like it and I, you can kind of, 
string it a few different ways, but in my view, this is you know business that kind of good for the community. We always say, how do we have more social impact with the least impact on the earth? And that's the kind of lens in which we we solve right. problems on. Right, and that and that um, environment. Oh, sorry, environmental slant. Yeah that you're coming from was that always something that was important to you as well yeah it actually has been i mean you know the kitchen was organic um also because of you know treading lightly and i think one of the the challenges and one of the things that i was conscious of was like our our vertical of the soaps for instance we would need to scale out in order to fund but but basically we use plastic bottles or recycled plastic bottles so we pay extra for the recycled plastic but it's still plastic nonetheless and so I don't want to scale this business that just creates all this plastic. And so it was always like, how do we scale it without, um, yeah, w- without kind of creating another problem down- downstream when that would be an environmental one. Mm. And so one of the ways we're doing that is we've just launched an ocean plastic dispenser. We created, we built these dispensers wow. out of, um, called Ghost Gear. So it's um, basically a, a product that you purchase that's basically fishing, nu- fishing nets that's ground down and we've molded these fishing, uh, these uh, soap dispensers out in a curl curl right. and then assemble them locally. So yeah, that's wow. kind of the big thing that we focus on this and year. That's, and that's part of your Yeah, so because so, most of, like I mentioned, you know, Charter Hall, uh, all of our soaps go through Charter Hall and one of the challenges of getting that national contract was a lot of the soap companies very smartly, you know, give the buildings a, a dispenser for free and then you have to, like an espresso machine, you've got to go back and keep yeah. buying the pods from yeah. them. So for in order for us to be able to take over that contract, we had to have our own dispenser. Right. And it, the easier thing would have been to just buy one and you know use put out a sticker on it. But I was like, actually, you know, how do we create one out of fishing that? Um, and so we spent a couple of years designing it and developing it, uh, and they're rolling out now through all of the charter hall buildings. And so with, with the idea of then you know future innovations where we don't have to have plastic at all, mm. and in, in fact become net negative because of the pulling the plastic out so that's the that's the plan that's great where do you see yourself or where do you see well yeah where do you see yourself going with this but also where do you see too good going i mean it's i've seen when i drive to work i see ads for too good so it's oh you see that they are because that's it on Parramatta road yeah cool because that's just launched um with that's the <laughs> thing with omedia so that's a, yeah that they're, they're a partner so they're, they're looking after us there but it was um yeah so our 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 business goals are around number of women through employment so at this year the 38 we want to get to 60 um and that's kind of like how we um a, you know put a lens over new opportunities like how like how do we do it sustainably but how do we actually create more employment outcomes for mm-hmm. women uh and so we will look at maybe two more sites i'd love to do another, another site like this like darlo um that where we can uh, work with the, uh, 60 women every year through the program so that's kind of like the trajectory so 38 to 60 and we think we can get there in the next couple of years yeah. we've got another site we're looking at for next year and then maybe hopefully another one hopefully one or two next year that will help us get to that number right. 60 mark do people get referred to you or so we um because we're donating the meals to all of the women shelters yeah, um, right. roughly when we're going to look to start a new program we'll go out to them and right okay um, but it, it, it has been a challenge so so um, you know now we're sending out or we'll be sending out next year meals with QR codes so that you know that we can also tell stories to the sure. women who are eating the meals um, but yeah that's how we find them we've got a good relationship through now the with, refugees. through the refugees yeah okay that's fantastic 
and the cafe here yeah. is on the corner of <laughs> I'll give you a bit of promotion. Yeah, good plug, good plug. Corner of <laughs> Liverpool and Forbes Street. Right at the roundabout. Right There's roundabout. lots of cafes around here. Yeah. Uh, but I know that quite a few of our our staff and probably a few of the parents too coming to find you. But it's a bit hard to find, isn't it? It is. So because no of the signage. DA, no sign. We weren't allowed to put any signage up for the, because of the DA. So right. Um, you've because got to come. The DA says because it's the type of building. The type of building it is. Yeah, there's no, it's calling it's called spruiking, no spruiking. So we were right. able to put too much signage up. But it's a, it's a small cafe. But um, but it's, yeah, it's doing, in, my, in our view, it's, it's, it's doing really well as far as the revenue's going. So, um, and we're doing all of the collaborate, like we did with all the, the meals, we've got all of the collaborations with all the chefs. So, like Matt Moran designed a toasty last month, and this month is Martin Ben, and I think right. ne- next month, hot tip will be Jill Duplate. Right. Um, we'll be designing them some of the menus, so it's oh, a, a good nice. way to keep some buzz going. That's good. Yeah, that's it's good. really good. It's really good. So if anyone who is local is looking for it, yeah, up from the school at the roundabout, Liverpool and Forbes. Exactly. A come big on stone in. Stone building. Yeah, come on in and say hello. <laughs> come on. That's right. And it's good food and coffee. I can vouch for there that. There you go. Thank you, Kay. I don't even drink coffee, <laughs> and I can vouch for that. <laughs> also, the co- coffee is also a social enterprise. Cool coffee. All right. And yeah. how's that? How did that happen? What? Or that we like we are, like I'm always out there telling other people to um, you know buy social enterprise and so we should be doing it as well. So our the breads that we purchase are usually from Bread and Butter Project, which is a social enterprise. Yeah. Our coffee's from a social enterprise, and right. so just trying to look at ways in which we can also spend our spend with um, to support other to support other organisations or other communities. That so it kind of all goes around. That's great. Good on you, Rob. Doing Thank you. Great thing. It's been. Lovely to track your yeah, thanks your progress that. over yeah. the last six years yeah. and see where you are now. And this is, yeah, this is quite amazing. And um, thank you for accommodating us as well. I know that, you know, Skeggs, even just in the short time you've been here, you know, we've done a few small collaborations with yeah. prefects and yeah. a few other things. So. Yeah, no, bring it on. It's been great. I'm, and I have to do a lot more. Yeah, good on you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening again. If you've got any questions about... Too good for Rob. You can always send them to me, and I can make sure he gets those questions if you want to find out more. Uh, thanks again for listening all throughout this year. And if you're new, this is the first time we've listened. I hope you keep listening next year. But it's good to have you with us, and I hope to see you around. Take care, everyone. Bye.